0: Now let's segue into our first guest. Let's go ahead and bring in Wasim Munanair. And Wasim, welcome into the show. Now you are a fellow North Florida resident. So um, we got Jaguars football season coming up. We have uh, hopefully some higher hopes than the previous season. But for maybe for folks who who don't know about you and your business, can you give us a little bit of breakdown on, on who Wasim is and the Munanair group?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Blythe, for having me. I really appreciate it. It's a long time coming. Uh, thanks, Great Waves, also, for having us on here as a sponsor. It's super exciting for us. It's also a first for us. Um, and uh, hopefully, we can add some value for you. So, uh, me and my background, I'm born and raised in New Jersey, uh, moved down here to Northeast Florida about six uh, years ago, thanks to my then-girlfriend, now-beautiful wife. And uh, we are in Ponte Vedra Beach, right outside of Jacksonville. Um, been in business for about six years, uh, running the Buneer Group. Uh, so that's a little bit about my background.
0: So, how did you pick? Log- so, for your recruiting, from how did you pick logistics and technology? How did you, I guess, so did you always have an interest in logistics?
1: Sure. Yeah. So, so good segue from from my background. So, I started out recruiting, working for some of the largest agencies in New York when I was still uh, living in New Jersey. And so I cut my teeth there, uh, and they were strictly technology search firms. So I really started on the technology side. And the only reason I got into logistics was like a lot of the folks in logistics, uh, wasn't really deliberate, to be honest with you. I was recruited by uh, one of the larger 3PLs to be an internal recruiter, uh, which was one of the best things that ever happened to me because it gave me an opportunity to really learn um, a lot about logistics and just being able to interview people in multiple. areas of logistics from freight forwarding to domestic transportation to terminal operations, maritime side, uh, contract logistics. I was able to interview people in all of those areas working for that company for about two and a half years. And that gave me a really good crash course into the logistics world. Um, And that that was when I had the opportunity to also work as an internal recruiter with a lot of search firms to realize that there was an opportunity there for sure for me to go out there and do my thing using the headhunting skills that I learned working for uh, other search firms and and couple that with the uh, the logistics knowledge that I learned over the last couple of years. And I realized that there was definitely a gap in terms of uh, being able to bridge logistics and technology. And it was also great timing because, as you know, um, over the last five, six, seven years, there's money flooding into the freight tech space. And there's a demand for folks who really understand both the nuts and bolts in logistics, but also are very tech forward in their thinking. And they're really looking to Move the industry forward from a technology standpoint.
0: That's a great breakdown because I, I I just assumed I don't even know what I really assume when it comes to recruiting because the the, the level of experience that I have is sort of you know working at a three PL working at the front desk and you know recruiters would come in to you know sort of cold call and not really cold call but cold visit and they would try to get us to use their services but I imagine that that process isn't really effective anymore. This might sound like a dumb question, but how does the recruiting process in the modern day environment, how does that look? Does it is How does it look for employees? How does it look for companies? Sort of break that down for
1: us. Sure. Absolutely. So, I mean, just to touch on the way we approach our clients, the way that we've been doing it for a long time, to be honest with you, I haven't made a cold call in, in a lot of years, thankfully, just because the way that we really approach the business is just kind of relationship building. And so I've, I've kind of become a, a master networker. Um, within my own space. It's fun for me. It's passionate for me. It doesn't really feel like work. And that's really the way that we develop our... That's really our business development strategies is building relationships outside of work um, that turn into, into clients. So really haven't made a cold call in a long time. Um, in terms of the experience on the, uh, on the client side, I'll start there. Um, working with us at least, and, and I think a lot of search firms that are really highly specialized in a certain industry... Uh, We're we're pretty focused and targeted. So uh, clients will essentially bring to us a a very precise need in terms of talent, typically senior individual contributors up to the C-suite. And we'll really spend our time getting to know those clients over time, uh, not just on one position, but for many positions over a period of time. And to really understand that client, where is their business today? Where does their business want to go? Uh, And what are the the puzzle pieces that are currently missing that need to be put in place in order for that business to get there? And so it's our job to really understand what those puzzle pieces are and then work with them to put together a strategy to go out and find those folks, uh, understand their needs, uh, find that there's a match between the candidate's needs and where that company is trying to go and help align those two things. And then we work with our client to introduce the organization, not just as a job description, but really dive deeper beyond that. Right. What are... What are they getting into? What is their product? Why is it exciting? What are they looking to change within their own industry? And hopefully find that those things align with what the candidate is looking to do with their career. And so that's kind of our approach on the client side.
0: I like that you mentioned it's it's almost like a puzzle piece that that you're putting together for for both on the employee side and then also on on the client side. So I with the last couple of years, I think it goes without saying that maybe those puzzle pieces have been just thrown all around and how you'd find you know a good fit for each candidate what are sort of the trends that you've noticed over the last couple of years? You know, hybrid work models is is one that comes to mind. Um, Are there any of those trends that evolved since COVID? And we're still, you know, pretty much in it. Um, I don't know that it's ever going away. But how? what are those trends that evolved from the initial, you know, sort of COVID and lockdowns that are now here to stay?
1: Sure. Yeah. So we definitely saw um, kind of an evolution, a story from very early on where everybody was kind of in shock. They realized they still need to hire people, but we don't know what's going to happen kind of that first month or two. And then, you know, very clearly realized that our industry, thank God, was one of the industries that um, was kind of a silver lining, right? Because folks uh, were already buying goods online. And I think they said it went from like 17% to 27% of online purchases versus brick and mortar, which was supposed to happen over the next 10 years, but happened over Two years, which the, the outcome of that was very clear within our industry, uh, in terms of how much we were importing into the United States as a, as a consumer, and so that you know, thankfully, again, the silver lining affected the demand for, for hiring. And so, um, we saw companies some of them went, most of them in the beginning went, work from home 100%, safety is a priority, we need to take care of our people, and then we started to see kind of a phasing out, and, and we ended up, I think, with a, a few different buckets. Um, a smaller group, maybe 20% that are 100% back in the office, hands-on, maybe 20% that are, if you want to work from home permanently, work from home permanently. And then that kind of in-between ground where I think the majority of our clients sit are um, in the hybrid, right? Some are coming a couple of days a week, come in four days a week, one day from home. Uh, there's, there's definitely been a variety. And I think the changing in that area has settled, So I think most of our clients, whatever their policy is today, they've decided, is their policy moving forward, barring any any extreme changes?
0: So what about the I guess the, the current market? You know, everybody's scared to death that we're, you know, going into an economic downturn and and that, you know, all of the purchasing power and sort of, I guess, job stability is is kind of up in the air. Are you seeing that as far as you know supply chain is is concerned, or is demand sort of higher than ever as far as getting good people into these positions?
1: Sure. So from the from the client side, uh it very much depends who their customers are. Right. So if you're if you're moving freight for a sector uh, that is a luxury, that isn't necessarily a priority for people to be spending money on, uh, maybe you'll see a little bit of an impact. Uh, most folks are, are moving freight. There are necessities. Um, and so for for those folks, it's still booming. Right. People are still consuming. Um, you know, there, I think there's there's an excess of money still in the economy that's available for people to spend and they're still spending that money. Folks have developed habits of being able to um, easily consume things by pushing a couple buttons on their phone. It used to be just the younger group. And during COVID, the older older groups, grandma and grandpa, were kind of forced to learn how to do that. And and now they're spoiled with it. So we're still seeing consumers purchase. And as a result, the supply chain is still moving um, at pretty high volumes. And the demand for talent as a result of that is still pretty high. So I think ultimately, it depends who are the customers of our clients and And for now, what we've seen is that the hiring is still equal to or even greater uh, than what it was maybe six months ago or twelve months ago.
0: Oh, wow. So it's a good time to be working in the supply chain industry. People always need their stuff moved and and, and shipped. now, um for as far as our pre-show like sort of research and and conversations, you you mentioned something that I thought was really interesting, and it's passive candidates. Can you break down sure. what a passive candidate is? I, I kind of have an idea, but I would I would like for you to break it down and, and how that applies to your business?
1: Sure. so at, at the most at the most basic level, uh, there's ultimately passive candidates and there are active candidates. Active candidates are exactly what it sounds like. Folks that are actively seeking out a new job uh, doesn't necessarily mean they're unemployed. They could be in, they could be employed currently and still actively looking for something. Uh, Passive candidates are just the opposite, which is probably, I would say, 95% of the candidates that we place are passive candidates. They're pretty excited about where they are. They're relatively happy where they are in their current job and their current company. They're they're doing quite well. Uh, But for some reason, something that we brought to the table, uh, to their attention, is really intriguing. And for each person, that might be different. It might be about compensation. It might be about leadership. It might be about culture. It might be about benefits. Work from home policy has climbed to the top of that list. Um, so for everybody, it's different, but typically a passive carry is somebody who their ears are kind of open if you bring something exciting to their attention. But for the most part, they're they're passively keeping their eyes open. Hmm.
0: I like that. That's interesting because you, you, I would imagine that I've always heard the phrase that it's inter- or, or it's more beneficial to look for a job while you have a job instead of the other way around mm-hmm. when you actually really need a job. Because I feel like you know maybe most people would just settle for a job that they don't like, but if maybe as a passive candidate, that could be a solution to find really that dream position that you've wanted for, you know, you maybe your entire life.
1: Sure. And, that, and that's, there's definitely truth to that, right? And I think it also makes it more challenging for us to service our customers with passive candidates. The reality is we're getting paid to go find the top, top candidates that are out there. Our clients don't need to pay us to find folks that are are looking for work most of the time. Um, and so the folks that are the top candidates are also typically the folks that are being held onto the most tightly by their current employers. So we really have to dig deep into what their needs are, what they get excited about, where they want to go with their career, and then align that hopefully with where our clients are going long term.
0: That's really insightful. So okay, well, it seems so. If I'm an employee, employee, or maybe I'm an employer and I'm looking to hire a recruiting firm like yours what should I do now in order to get myself ready to work with somebody like you?
1: Sure. So I mean, working, working with us in terms of beginning a relationship with our firm is... Um, I don't want to say it's easy. There's definitely work on, on both parts, uh, both on our part and on the part of our prospective client. Most of the work is on our end, right? We really need to get to understand uh, what your culture is, what your business goals are, where you want to bring your company... Specifically within your organization, that department that you're hiring for, where is it today and where do you want it to go in the areas of culture, climate, KPIs, metrics, however you define success? We really need to understand those things. And so the the best relationships that we have are with clients that are kind of an open book and, and see us as a partner and we see them as a partner. And we learn as much as possible about their business. Uh, and that allows us to then go out and we be very, very specific and very targeted and finding talent for them.
0: That's awesome. I mean, I, it, It's good to hear that the supply chain industry is is not one that's you know being negatively affected by the al- economic downturn. I don't know if that's going to change in the future, but right now we're, we're, we're looking pretty good. So, so Wasim, thank you for sharing that insight. Where can folks follow more of your work, learn more about your company, all of that good stuff?
1: Yeah, um, so definitely reach out to me. Uh, you can visit us at moonairgroup.com. You can connect with us on LinkedIn, on Facebook, Reach out to me directly at Wasim at uh, and we'll be happy to, to get to know you, whether you're on the client side or on the candidate side. We love building our network and building relationships. It's, uh, it's definitely the blood flow, blood, uh, blood flow of our business.
0: Awesome, Thank you so much. We're gonna have you back here in in a few weeks. so we'll we'll dive more into a little bit um, of this discussion, which I, I think is fascinating, watching how you know people flow through work and where they choose to to work and why not and and why they choose to make the decisions that they do. So thank you again for joining.
2: I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. And if you did like it, I would love if you could rate and review the show on Apple or Spotify. It'll take you like two minutes of your time, but it helps a ton for a creator like me to be able to show that review like a badge of honor. And it also helps the show get discovered by others if you'd like to see more of my work, head on over to digitaldispatch.io. I've got some new content collections under the resources tab for folks who are freight brokers, truckers, carriers, freight agents, and also a best of collection for how to fix your website and how to fix your marketing. It's all completely free. And again, that tab is under resources over on the digitaldispatch.io website. The website also includes some links to our social media accounts, along with my products and services, in case any of that is of interest to you. Once again, my name is Blythe Bremlieb, and I thank you for sharing your attention with me today. Until next time, have a magical day.